All right, uh, we're live with another episode of the Cymatic Show. Uh, welcome, Kara. To Thank the you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm actually excited because is, is she our first vocalist? Oh, well, the Bonnie and Clyde came on. So. Yeah, Paige was on. Yeah. Second. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I it's, really, it's really awesome because I mean, it's great. I probably want you to go ahead and take a second just to talk about all your like features because it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've worked with a lot of people. Um, I've been doing this for about five years and have worked with people like Armin Van Buren, Alan Walker, Steve Aoki, Sam Felt, Seven Lions. Uh, the list goes on. So, yeah. No, yeah. I want to talk about, to at least dive into like how that. Like even played out for you because essentially, yeah. like building relationships is tough for a shit ton of people in the music industry, and like to yes. get to get like a vocal placement after vocal placement. Like, how did it even come to be? Well, I think um, the hardest few years are the first two, and then once you start getting them, it kind of is a ripple effect. You know, other DJs will start seeing your name and hear your voice on other people's tracks, and they'll start reaching out to you. So, uh, yeah. So it took about. Two years after being in L.A., I went to college in Nashville for music business, and I grew up singing. My mom's a voice teacher. Learned from her. That's definitely a big help. Yeah, I had an in-house teacher That's my whole awesome. life. So so it was definitely ingrained in me, and uh, I knew I wanted to be a songwriter and a singer, so I kind of took the music business route. Went to Nashville at Belmont University, then came right out to L.A., and that's where it all started. From the ground up. Yeah, how long ago was this? Um, Five years, 2014, I came out to L.A., so about five years ago now. Dang, just made Mm -hmm. the jump. Do you think uh, Nashville or L.A. is better for music? Oh, well, it's totally subjective to who you are and what you like to write. Uh, L.A. for me, uh, there's not really much of an EDM or... There's a pop scene there, but Mm -hmm. it's mostly country and indie pop and stuff like that. So I didn't... I felt really out of place. And so when I found out that Belmont had a program that I can come to L.A. and do a semester out in L.A., uh, I took that opportunity and I started interning at a company called AM Only, which is now Paradigm, which they book uh, EDM artists. Mm-hmm. So I actually was interning for Seven Lions, Cruella, some of the people right. I now collaborate with every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. A lot of people, I feel like, don't even know where to get started. Yeah, exactly. It. Well, it's it's very daunting. I mean, a creative career, there's no roadmap or a right or wrong answer which way to go. So you literally have to put yourself out there and create your own opportunity just by doing the work, uh, practicing, meeting people, going to shows. I mean, the list goes on. How often do you actually like just sit there and practice singing? Um, I don't, I don't anymore actually, because I get so much practice in the studio because oh, I'm, awesome. yeah, cause I'm just writing every single day. So that's my practice. Uh, when I'm writing music, I'm constantly humming and singing and warming my voice up. So I don't really need to do the extra work until I have like a live performance and I have to warm up before that or, you know, What's some stuff people could do if they wanted to practice. Yeah. Um, well, I think, well, practice songwriting and production and things like that is just getting out and finding friends to collaborate with Mm -hmm. and not working by yourself because I feel like I was so scared to work with other people when I was in college and then I was kind of thrown into the wolves when I came out to LA and I started doing sessions and sessions and I was I had no idea what I was doing or how to interact with people and then it just becomes second nature to you when you do it every Mm -hmm. day yeah but you have to do it every day you know even if you have like a part-time job or if music is still like your side hustle or whatever it is you like you have to make a point to either write every day sing every day um, write in a journal every day, whatever the case may be. Interesting. What yeah. about, what do you think about, okay, so I'm like probably the worst natural singer of all time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, how much of the, like your, your born with voice plays mm-hmm. a role into becoming a great singer? Wow. That's a good question. So I was definitely one of the born with a voice people, but, uh, my technique didn't, become refined until I really started taking lessons and dedicated my life to that. I think there's a lot of beauty in people who aren't born with a naturally like a polished voice because there's a lot of grit and soul and character in that. And I think a lot of people, uh, 
use that to their advantage. And I kind of wish I had some of that too, uh, mm. to be honest. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, I think anybody can learn how to sing. It, there's really basic technique that you could learn how to carry a tune. And I promise you listening to the students that my mother had uh, growing up, you would hear them from when they were 12 years old to 18, they would sound like a completely different singer. That's crazy. Yeah. That is wild. So it's possible. <laughs> Drew, I'm making moves. <laughs> we'll yeah. see Every Tuesday that. and Thursday might be night. NPC. Yeah. Might it's be just... another NPC round two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hell, if I could get as good as even the NPC is singing, my singing is But fucking... even nowadays, though, singing isn't, oh, you, you can just rap and do something like or silly. sing auto tune. Yeah. yeah, and sing with auto tune. I mean, that's such a huge stylistic uh, advantage yeah. to, yeah, you're to your voice. So. Yeah, for sure. And I'm also excited to just talk about like, you actually also know about like, you know, all the engineering behind it. Yes, and, I do. And like actually yes. recording vocals. And, and you, yes. ha, so have you coached other, or like been in studio sessions and guided other singers a lot as well? Yes. Um, so that's kind of like a two-part answer. I'll start with um, when I started to learn how to vocal produce. I didn't always. I actually only learned about two years ago, which is crazy. Um, when I moved in with my boyfriend, Reed Stefan, who you guys just had on. Mm -hmm. Um, he was actually the one who pushed me to learn how to vocal produce and engineer myself because I found myself in a really difficult position because I relied on other vocal producers. I relied on their schedule, their way of doing things. And for me, I just like to have control over my own voice and Mm -hmm. my own vision. So I found it really, really, really frustrating to have to follow somebody else's you know, uh, schedule and and game basically and plan. And, uh, when I moved in with Reed, he was like, you can do this. It took me a while to be like, get wrap my head around the idea because I've never done anything super technical in the past. I did dabble on, you know, garage band and recorded myself on my computer, but it wasn't anything like this, what I'm doing now on pro tools. So, I think it was getting over that initial fear of like, I'm not a vocal producer. I can't do this. Um, what is, is what made all is what made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, encouraging other vocalists to take that next step has been a huge part of my whole, you know, story because I do develop vocalists. I help them kind of get their footing in the industry, like on how to negotiate a deal, which is really important, especially if you don't have a manager and that, I mean, that's a whole other thing I can start talking about is deals. Uh, But just encouraging and motivating even more females to just get in the chair and record their own vocals, because I think the best vocal producers are vocalists themselves. So no, it's an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you do that as like a service or is that just people you pick out? Yeah, well, I'm starting to cut back on, I I used to do it more so it's just like helping people out because Mm -hmm. I wanted the practice myself, like, hey, can I really help start somebody's career? Mm -hmm. And once I started doing that, there's a few top liners uh, that I was able to play songs for and and teach them and kind of pave the way for them uh, that are doing really well and are on their own now. And I don't have a piece of their, their pie, which, you know, I at the time I didn't really think about. So now I'm thinking of it more as a business venture. If I want to take somebody on, then, okay, how can I really capitalize off of them? Like manage them. Essentially. Yeah, essentially. Or partnership, yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's a lot of work. Sounds like better than management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get to be in the studio with them and have creative control um, over where the song goes in terms of songwriting and vocal mm-hmm. production. So I'm able to, like, take a piece of the fee that we get from the DJ or help negotiate a better master percentage that I can keep or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that that's awesome. So when you say vocal production, what exactly yeah. is it for the viewers that don't know? Okay, so vocal production is a lot of things. Uh, I think it starts with actually uh, coaching a singer and making them feel comfortable in your studio because... I can't tell you how many places and studios I've been where I was kind of thrown into their booth and wasn't welcomed or felt any sort of connection with them because mm-hmm. they were just clicking the button, like record, mm-hmm. record, record. And to me, I think vocal production, it's very interactive and you need, you need to have some sort of knowledge on both ends. I think singers should know what they're doing on, you know, on the computer and in the DAW station and then 
the producers should know a little bit about vocal technique because mm-hmm. it, it's a two-way street. If you guys aren't <clears throat> speaking the same language, it's going to cause a lot of confusion and uh, frustration. Yeah. So, so vocal production's that, um, getting the best out in the singer and in, in the performance because if you it's really difficult to turn an unconvincing performance into a convincing one with effects. Mm -hmm. You can do it, but I think there's a lot of heart and soul and what you capture in the microphone itself that you really need to get the best energy and vibe to start with. And then of course, you know, it's, uh, the editing, the comping, tuning, the, uh, mixing which mm-hmm. is a whole other ball game there's a lot of layers and stages to it so you don't have to be good at all three of those stages you can be good at one thing and then partner up with somebody who's good at the other like i do with my boyfriend i'm not really a mixer so what i do is i get the best out in the performance and then i comp it together i clean up the vocal take all the s's t's and breaths down and make it a clean nice vocal for him to mix and we go back and forth on the best you know, effects or whatever the case. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind, of, kind of cool to be in a relationship with making music. Yeah. yeah that sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Our relationship works. I mean, a lot of people are kind of against that, have being, being with somebody that you make music with and work every day, but it works for us because we complement each other and what he's good at. I'm not necessarily. And what I'm good at, he isn't. And yeah. we're both knowledgeable on different ends. And I think, uh, I think, a big part of that is the feminine or yeah, the feminine and the masculine energy coming together to kind of create like the highest level product. I think it's important to intermingle those. I've I've noticed that as, as more girls have joined our team and it's different, like it's a different like thought process a little bit than the dude, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I think it's so important. Yeah. If you're a producer and you're either only working by yourself or working with other dudes, I think it's really important to work with females and get their input and vice versa um, for females and males. It's really important because you do think differently yeah. and you you hear things differently. Do, do you think that yeah. there's vocalists that are um, uh, essentially dis- not discouraged, but like mm-hmm. intimidated by the idea of becoming a, a producer or like kind of like yes. learning how to produce their own stuff? Yeah, because I felt that way. I was that person. Uh, I just don't think they're, I don't know. I just feel like growing up as like a society, females aren't encouraged to go that route and and do something technical. And that kind of, you know, it's a little bit disheartening because I feel like I would have killed it by now if I really took that at, or I, w- I felt like push to do that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I get messages from females all the time now saying, Hey, you're inspiring me to learn how to vocal produce, like asking me questions about it. And that to me, I feel like there's a major shift. That's awesome. Yeah. Me me and Drew have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen it. I mean, even over the past, there was, when we first started Cymatics, I would say almost we never saw females Less yeah. in our 1%. comments or anything. Right. And now, I mean, more. yeah, it's all the time. I mean, even yeah. my Instagram followers, it's like 10% female now, which before it was That's like so freaking cool. 1% or Not something. Not even 1%. You know? like right. really low. Well, I think how you do that is getting female faces and voices and experts on shows like this and podcasts yeah. Yeah, and definitely. just showing people that I'm just a normal chick. You know, I, yeah. I just sing my whole life. I love music. I love writing music. And... It goes hand in hand. If you're if you're doing what I'm doing every day, there's no reason why you can't vocal produce. What's what was your first major placement that you were like, holy shit, I can't believe this is like happening. Yeah, I can't believe this yeah. is like being released. I think my Seven Lions release that was the first big one, and from there, everything kind of changed. You know, the perception of the industry once you have your name on a track mm-hmm. with somebody of that size uh, is it's amazing what happens but you also have to work really hard to maintain it and to make money as a vocalist is extremely difficult because i spent many years doing things for free i you know you don't really get too many royalties in edm especially because most of those songs are being played live and the streaming numbers can fluctuate. It's, yeah. So there's, some, there's obviously major hits in EDM mm-hmm. on Spotify, but just it's in general. It's more rare for sure than hip hop. Yeah, exactly. It's just harder to break through that. So, so I rely heavily on vocal fees uh, and I rely on retaining master 
um, percentage, which there's a difference between the master side and the publishing side. Um, and I made many mistakes doing buyouts when I first started and uh, not putting my name on a song. And there's lots of rules, <laughs> lots of really confusing rules to publishing and royalties that I think is really important to understand before you make those decisions. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Yeah. It's really hard to make money. Yeah. Where's a good place to go to like start learning some of that stuff? You just got to start Googling it random. I saw it. Did you learn in school? You got about well, it, right? I have to be honest. I didn't really learn much in school because I just feel like the curriculum is so outdated. I'm I, so glad you said that because in my head, I'm because I'm so anti-school. Like, I am anti-school. You dropped out like and it at all. It's yeah. I mean, like I said, I tweeted yesterday. I learned more from you guys talking to you yesterday in an hour than I did in my whole college career. And it's the truth. Yeah, because no, so, we're just doing every single day. We're just doing right. this shit. Like, well, every that, day, I was day just about to out. say, I there's not the obviously you can go online and Google information, but you really learn by making mistakes and doing it and just like putting yourself out there and figuring it out as you go. For example, I had no idea that if I didn't have my name on a song, then I wasn't eligible to collect performance royalties. And I was in a really stinky situation where I had a song and I was really desperate for money. And so I, I wanted the small vocal fee that, that they offered. And last minute, these guys took me off, like said, well, either the fee or the feature. And I needed the money. So they took my name off of the song and it was on regular rotation on BPM. And that's thousands and thousands of dollars that I missed out on because my name wasn't on the song. Damn. So there's really important things that vocalists need to look out for when negotiating and making deals like that. How, how has that world uh, shifted, would you say, over the past, like let's just say, four years? The publishing world? Yeah, the publishing world. Because obviously every industry is kind of radically changing right now with yeah. like, the internet, social media, all this weird shit going on. Right. You know? Well, I don't know all of the ins and outs on it, but I think... <laughs> I think it hasn't really changed because we just went through a whole thing like the Music Modernization Act trying to get the laws changed mm -hmm. that haven't been changed for like 100 years. <coughs> so that's why streaming right now, we're trying to get higher royalty rates on streaming. And right now it's like pennies because they're like the laws aren't updated or aren't progressing with how the music industry progresses. So, um, so yeah, there's really not many changes in it. Um, but how it works is that, um, I can kind of go into the master side and the publishing side. The master is owned by the record label and the artist on the song. So if you're the singer on the song, a lot of the time DJs will ask to do buyouts, which is they offer you a fee and then you don't have any percentage on the back end on the master side. Um, master is being paid out by the labels and that's where most of the money sits. So if you're getting streams, you're going to make money on the master side more so than the publishing side. So it's really important to keep that and don't let anybody like bully you out of, you know, your percentage of that. Because mm. you definitely actually I always give my songwriters and split split my master with them because there's such little money on publishing nowadays that the master is really the focal point. And then on the publishing side, it's really important to keep your percentage, too, because you never know if it becomes a hit, then you're making money. And, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's important to retain your master and your percentages on publishing so that you can make money down the road. So long end game. Yeah. yeah. How do you collect your royalties? Um, well, I'm signed up with BMI. So it's a PRO system. Um, this is basics. If you don't know. Um, sign up with either BMI, ASCAP, or CSAC in the U.S., and then all other countries have different societies that collect. Um, it's really simple. Just go to their website. You can sign up and make an account for your writing and your publishing. You kind of create your own publishing uh, entity. And, yeah, you, you have to register your songs, and then they collect the money for you, and it's paid out quarterly. Um, with BMI Live is kind of a cool feature because if you enter in shows, say Steve Aoki played my collab at his show, I can enter in all of those shows and get paid on those performances. Oh, cool. Yeah. Even though it's little, it's, you know, it adds up because sometimes I'll get a headliner like uh, for, I don't know, 
Audion played one of my songs and I got 30 bucks for one show. So it's really important. There's little features that people don't know about to make money <laughs> in, mean, the long, awesome. in the long run. Yeah. It's so funny because like the way we operate, I mean, we're just yeah. purely Your like products. social media. Yeah. yeah. We do, do our own thing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's always interesting just to hear from the obviously the other side, the publishing it. side of the music industry, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Do yeah. you ever have issues collecting them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've signed admin deals that were a nightmare. Uh, I thought I was doing my due diligence and making sure, you know, all my stuff was registered. And even even proper publishing companies can really screw you up uh, and not collect correctly. It's it's kind of a wild west. Like there's really no rhyme or reason, you know, and I've heard. I've heard stories like at the end of the year, if there's just extra money floating around BMI, they'll just split it up between some of the biggest publishing yeah, companies I've, and then I've just give that. them money. So it's like you never know if you're actually getting what you're owed. I, I'm, I'm convinced that I'm not getting the amount of money I'm actually owed. And that's so frustrating for me. But there's no way for me to gauge it. I have tough. all the companies in place to do it for me. So I have to trust them to do that. Yeah, I mean, you got to at least be yeah. knowledgeable there's on this no, stuff, though. Yeah, like there's no way for me to go out and collect yeah. my royalties. It's impossible. You have to be signed to a publisher or, you know, yeah. uh, have you, someone helping. Do you want to talk about uh, your vocal packs? Because obviously yeah. you got some subtraction with your vocal packs, obviously super popular. Totally, yeah. And so I made two vocal packs for Splice, and I had no idea that they were going to blow up the way they did. I knew that there was a really big, like, void in the vocal space where I felt like there wasn't too many usable uh, phrases and high-quality vocal samples. So I really wanted to focus on making this a usable pack for people who don't have access to singers. You know, the bedroom producer that's just starting out and they want, like, a full verse and a hook. You know, there's not too many places where you can find that. I'm sure you guys have that. But, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but for me, I really wanted to do that and make something that people can be using forever. And uh, yeah, the packs have been on the Splice charts for three years now, and they've never left. And they've ended up on the David Guetta album. Uh, It's on a Bring Me the Horizon single. Uh, You know, I performed my like a song with Audion who used it at EDC. So it's brought me so many places that I never could have reached without it. And it it gave me financial stability, too. And there's probably a lot you don't even know about. Oh yeah! Like for us, oh, I love I love hearing about it. Like oh, it's yeah. in this song or ones you recognize. But think of all the random spots. It's just yeah. Chilling, well, know? I was I was listening to Cashmere uh, Cashmere's playlist the other day, and there was like five songs with my vocal hooks in them on one playlist. <laughs> That's Can crazy. you imagine? Like what? I mean, the the packs have almost like one point five million downloads. It's yeah. like. That's yeah. fucking wild. <laughs> They're That's everywhere. Crazy. So the downside to that is that I can't collect royalties on all of those songs. But Which I don't think that's a downside because you got to uh, see it. Like we don't believe in royalties for sample right, packs at all. Right, right. Because because of that reason, it's just you get everywhere from them. Yeah. If everybody's using them, think about totally. all the opportunities you get. Exactly. Well, that's exactly what I was going to finish that off with. You know, I I knew that what I was getting myself into going into this business venture, and although I don't collect publishing royalties on it, I've gained so much more because it's given me a whole new avenue and business to explore. Yeah. So I yeah. think you would kill it. Just doing vocal packs i mean it was the first thing i heard about your brand from was your vocal i know i know they're just kind of it's what's stuck and what what kind of blew but the first thing that really blew up for me that's awesome yeah (laughs) it's pretty wild yeah i hear my voice everywhere like literally it's commercials everywhere also it's kind of just ours it might be a random snare sound but you it's actually you yeah it's actually me and i can tell by the inflections even if they're pitched up vocals pitched down i can tell yeah, instantly, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about uh, your tour coming up and, and how that came to be? Because that's pretty fucking crazy to be touring. Yeah, I mean, I can't ex- disclose who I'm touring with just yet, but I, I, I am. I'm going to go ahead and just say it's really saucy. So it's, it's really saucy. Like, top name saucy. I didn't know we couldn't <laughs> say it. That's all I wanted to bring no, it up. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I, I think it's important to even talk about this because I've been working five years in this industry and I am just going on my first tour with a DJ. 
you know, and I just want people to to realize that if you work hard enough and you're rel- relentless enough and you keep putting music out, this, these, these stuff, this stuff becomes a reality. You know, I, what I think is really cool about it is that I'm going on like a full fledged bus tour throughout the entire U.S. And, you know, I can just hop on somebody else's bandwagon basically and get all of that experience in and not have to worry about selling tickets for it and just kind of be there as like a special guest and, and enjoy my time and, and soak in that energy. Mm-hmm. And so I can take that with me and that's do like the ide- next thing. That's like ideal. Almost, it's ideal. You know? yeah, yeah, it's absolutely ideal. I mean, imagine me going around playing the guitar at like these random bars, like trying to sell tickets. That's not what I wanted to do. So I can hop on a bus. We had just, a friend actually yeah. that came on here recently, Larry O, yeah. and he was on his first tour was Warp Tour. Oh and they God, and it amazing. was like they're getting their their playing their time slot every single day when they so, woke up. Yeah, they're sometimes they wake up and they'd be like, "You're on in 20 minutes," <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> he said it was awful. That's amazing. Well, I mean, you know, what? at least he got that experience. No, it's in, it's a know? cool it's experience, like, but just like the idea of doing yeah. that sounds so stressful. No, exactly, and and that's what I think is really cool about being an EDM top liner too is just uh, being able to have those experiences with an already built in audience. Yeah. You know, Um, because at the end of the day, uh, we, as the vocalists, we don't really reap the benefits uh, the same way that the DJs do Mm -hmm. because they're going out and they're touring and they get to, they basically get the praise for the song itself. And Mm -hmm. I think the vocalist and the songwriting is oftentimes overlooked because it's not common knowledge to the public who does that. Yeah. So, you know, they're the face of it. So it's nice to be able to be the face of my own songs. You know what's you know? funny though? I think that's an EDM flow. I do too. I, I don't think other other genres of music believe yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Almost every other genre of music, like yeah. it's kind of weird. Country music, pop yeah. music. No, I hip-hop. agree. It's totally it's totally about the producers, which I am working really hard to change and make yeah. that shift. Uh, but it's the unfortunate truth. You know, we don't make a, it's hard to even get paid for a vocal. It's hard to even retain master. You know, I've had a lot of really, really difficult situations and with a lot of people that took advantage of that. And it's something that I think is really wrong, but you have to kind of just work with it and make the most out of your, the opportunities that you get. So. Have you thought about do, uh, doing like a pop act for yourself at some yeah, point? Yeah, actually, that's kind of the it. next stage. That would be, be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, my I have a really big producer. I don't want to talk too much about it yet, but obviously Reed, my boyfriend, is producing it with um, my good friend who's a headlining act and he's incredible and we're producing pop music and we're gonna push myself as my own artist and that's definitely ne- the next step I think for yeah, me. I'm, I'm salty idea. you can't see I'm hearing all this but I'm like dude I want to <laughs> say all the names of these fuckers like, <laughs> like people be like it's holy shit <laughs> no that's, that's I cool. know it's they'll, like they'll find out works. if they follow you they'll find absolutely. out absolutely just keep following me yes yes yeah. what I can say though is um, I actually created a serum bank that was made out of my voice that I'm releasing very soon on splice and uh whole loops so we're kind of doing something different with that and yeah 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 trying to get in the the serum game that's that's where some acts was birthed that was yeah Yeah. that was our birthplaces the the birthplace amazing that's what i'm trying to get in (laughs) um it, it was it was crazy because just seeing how much serum started moving yeah you know and we were just putting out religious amounts of stuff just for Sarum. And yeah. Like just building it. I mean, I was showing Reed last night. It's fucking, yeah. it just goes on and on. Yeah. yeah. Like it was ridiculous. Sarum was like the beginning. Amazing. Yeah. I, I think we had to push hella sales. Hella sales of Sarum. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Definitely. There's well, that's no what question. I'm trying to do. I'm trying yeah. to like make as many creative, unique sounds that out of my voice as possible and, and kind of ride that sample thing too. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so you want to talk about some like do's and don'ts in collaboration because yeah. uh, I mean I I deal with this a ton because I do tons of studio sessions and yeah. some people come in and just don't know how to act. Oh up. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no totally. I think 
I, I think it's really just basic stuff. I think uh, having self-awareness, you actually posted about self-awareness today. I had to delete it because so many people didn't understand it. Really? And sitting there, like talking Shut at each up. other, saying all this shit. And wow. I was like, Drew came up and he was like, dude, it's funny how people don't even understand. They don't get that. They don't all. understand like saying like you should focus. Because they, they're thinking wow. I'm saying don't experiment, don't try different or don't, stuff. Or don't, oh, like, no, that's not what self-awareness is. is. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just being aware like what your strengths are and capitalizing on them. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Well, yeah, that's kind of interesting that people don't understand that. But I, I'm a really big person on self-awareness. Uh, it's just little things like, are you talking too much? Are you aggressive in the studio? Are you being too pushy or competitive or just bringing any weird vibes? Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it's, it's as simple as that. Because when you're in the studio and you're collaborating with somebody or over the internet, you can, I can tell that I can tell what energy you're putting behind those emails and those texts. So if you're not taught, if you're not speaking to me in a way that is, that I can feel comfortable, then it's going to be really difficult to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1000% one, yeah. 1, 1, on that. Yeah, totally. So that's an easy one, but a lot of people don't know how to do that, which is crazy to me, but you know, it's just a, I think it just comes with maturity and practice and just like being around other people and being accepting of other people's creative input and mm. ideas. So, so that's definitely a major one. And then I would say, please don't have a dirty room. To, <laughs> to that's super, super important. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like I said, it's just a simple thing. If I'm going to come to your house and work with you, please don't like have a seat for me. Like, ha- like, <laughs> clean your room and like have it be, have it smell nice and have water and tea ready damn and I'm like thinking my Tesla was dirty like my house wasn't when Kara came over I'm like fuck I was getting judged over here damn it no I mean it doesn't have to be this big fancy smancy place just be conscious mm-hmm. of who you're having guests over so make sure that it looks nice yeah. and, and it's comfortable I didn't even have people to my studio until I got a couch I was like I'm yeah. not doing it until 100%. I have somewhere where people can sit down and can chill can you out. believe that people I have been to studio sessions where they didn't have a, like a proper seat for that's me. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That doesn't yeah. make sense. So yeah, it's that. Classic, classic uh, meme, <laughs> like producer's chair and then like. And then like me sitting on the floor and Indian style. <laughs> I love stretching and doing yoga, but like. <laughs> uh, so that's a big one. <laughs> do you want to talk about like mic technique a little bit? Because yeah. I think it's so important. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, like placement, placement, or... and like even mic technique with uh, lead vocals versus backing vocals, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, first of all, my vocal chain, we use a Sony C hundred, which we were able to finally get one of our own this year. Um, a Vintech, a TubeTech, Apollo Eight. That's like our outboard gear, and then the rest is uh, we record through the console app with UID plugins. We actually use reads of vocal sauce for that Mm -hmm. um so so that's kind of the setup that we have in the studio and with with placement i think i mean there's really not too much to to on the producer's end i think it's more on the vocalist end like learning when to uh, to be close up to the mic when to back away um being familiar with the loudness of your voice and your projections so that you can kind of Mm -hmm. get the gain at a good level. Uh, Yeah. Like I don't really feel like there's any like trick to placing a mic with a vocalist. It's more like you knowing how to move back and forth. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's just kind of uh, more about the vocal mix in your headphones Mm -hmm. Um, because what you, what you want out of a vocalist is their best vocal performance. So if you're, if you're recording somebody and they have like a dry screechy sounding vocal in their headphones and it's, it doesn't translate for them most of the time. I know very few people who like to record with dry vocals. Um, I want to feel like I'm on stage, like a superstar Mm -hmm. and already sounds finished. If the, if the mix sounds finished, then I feel like I'm, you know, singing my best takes and Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's more important than vocal placement or mic placement. Yeah, so you like recording with reverb and just everything on. Yeah, I do. I mean, it varies for different styles. If I'm doing something fast and like rappy, Mm -hmm. then I take less reverb on it, but uh, definitely have the compression still on. Uh, I don't record with autotune because I feel like it kind of messes with my head a little bit. Uh, I like to add that after, but yeah, everyone's different. But 
when you're working with a vocalist, you you have to make sure you're asking what they like and, and vice versa. For vocalists, you have to be communicate what you want to hear in your headphones mm-hmm. to yeah. get the best I, out. I got a question. What yeah. um so a lot of producers out there, yeah. like myself, love mm-hmm. vocalists. Yes. Uh it we helps. Love producers. Yeah, it makes it makes the songs like carry so much easier or like yeah. instantly is you know. Well it bunch. adds a human element. Yeah. To th- it. That a lot of people vibe with. What yeah. what do you recommend for producers? I say don't got any money, but yeah. want to get features and stuff. Like is, should they just hit up random vocalists or yeah. work with friends or what, what would you recommend? Yeah, for sure. I mean I it's like I said, there's really no right or wrong way to do anything, but I think it's important to start with your friends. Uh, I started back in high school, and I would just work with anybody that liked to do music, and I we would just make music, and that was a great starting point. And I kind of learned a little bit about how to work in the studio and work, work with other people. So yeah, definitely DM people, reach out to people, but do it in a professional way not in a creepy way and you know because i get some weird messages <laughs> to be honest <laughs> but, yeah uh, it's a self-awareness thing that comes back um yeah definitely reach out to people um but don't expect a bigger vocalist to do something for you for free because they've already kind of gone through those stages of working for free so i would target some people that maybe need the opportunity more so than the people who are already doing it. I mean, it's not hard to find people with 300 yeah. <laughs> followers on Instagram that are great singers. Yeah, Super there's easy. some, there's so many of them out there. I, I get messages from like singers all the time. I bet you so, there's a hashtag for like unsigned singer. Or yeah, yeah. A hashtag like one. that. That's probably huge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's a good idea for a little pizza. I've been <laughs> look in there, find them, yeah, and then definitely. just show a little video of like, hey, here's where to find singers. This right, hashtag. Like right. we found the video guy, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, right. You want to talk about your vision board? Yeah. So the vision board was a total catalyst for the biggest shift in my life because I feel like before before I wrote down <clears throat> my goals and physically put that out there to manifest in, in my life, I didn't really have anything like solid to to really look at every day and 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 see every day. It was it made everything more focused and I think when you have that focus and you're physically writing things down and speaking them out and practicing gratitude for those things and acting like you already have them, not in a cocky way or an egotistical way, but just like speaking those into existence is really crucial to making it happen. I mean, we talk about what we're planning on doing every single day. Uh Steven, like when we talk in the morning, we're like, we're going to have huge events next year. We're going to do all this stuff every single day. Sometimes we even have some stuff on video from like four years ago, stuff we're talking about. We're like, shit. That actually happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even journals. It's funny. I've even looked back at journals that talks about our goals and it's like, holy Mm -hmm. shit, this is the thing we were Journaling is a huge one. And I, it took me a really long time to get in the habit of journaling every day. But once you cross that, that you know, whatever fears you have or just being lazy about writing, it it changes so much. It really shifts the way that you think. Hundred percent. What yeah. time of day do you do it? Um, I usually like to do it first thing when I wake up and before I go to bed. But sometimes if I'm feeling a little bit down or like my mentality or my mental state is kind of wavering, I like to go back and I journal and just be like, okay, what am I grateful for? What am I happy about? Mm-hmm. And write that instead of focusing on the. I, I did that yeah. for I did that for so long. Now now yeah. I do a walk right after my coffee and a walk okay. and music kind of gives me that same type of thing in the morning. Yeah, you know well, nature is really important. I'm I can't stress this enough. Just going outside and going to the beach, going on a walk to the forest, hike, whatever. You you cannot be cooped up in a studio all day. It just is, is and it's so really hard not to do it. I know. I know. I get it. And it's you can definitely get sucked into it, but it, you're going to feel like crap if mm-hmm. you just do that every day. You got to get out. You got to do something different and get inspired. Yeah. I think a yeah. lot of people make the mistake of thinking that if they are not inside the studio, that they're not working. Yeah. And when you're a creative person, you are pretty much always working like what Reed was saying. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, you're constantly working if you, if you take a break too, because 
I can be outside looking at a leaf and be like, wow, that's such a pretty pattern. That would be great yeah. for my album artwork or whatever. I mean, yeah. shit, even outside earlier, we're just chilling, you yeah. know? But like, yeah. I, st- I still think. So you're talking ideas, but those are the moments where I feel like you're more free and you come up with those ideas. Yeah. We yeah. spend a lot of time just talking ideas. Like yeah. we, you guys we are probably neglect s- other yeah. stuff in order yeah. to just talk ideas. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's a lot of power in it. We do that morning meeting just called the yeah. stand up. So essentially it's what everybody's working on plus any announcements. That's amazing. And if me and Drew are talking about some sauce, I won't even I'll just be like, fuck it, we're gonna push it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because like fuck the mundane daily shit, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Like exactly. if you're if you're talking about good ideas, exactly. like me and Drew have seen sometimes that sprout fucking million dollar business out of nowhere. Yeah. Absolutely. You know yes. So yeah. definitely. Uh, you want to talk about working a part-time job and yeah, how to navigate that yeah. transition. Sure. Yeah, the transition. Yeah, so I was I was a manager at Jersey Mike's, just a normal person, just you know, making sandwiches. And I like during that time, actually, like I had my two packs out and they, you know, blew up. And I had all these big records and stuff, but I really wasn't making enough money to to live my life and pay my bills. So. I I made sure that I had a, a job where I can at least have like the majority of my week dedicated to music because if you don't if it's like an uneven balance then I don't feel like you're going to make enough progress. If you're working every single day at Chipotle and you don't have the time to make music, like you're not going to progress. I completely agree. Yeah. So you have to find jobs that you can schedule to where your main focus is music still, but you're doing that. And you can really think, be creative and make money doing music. I mean, I took every single possible vocal gig that I could possibly get doing commercials, just doing paid demo work. I mean, anything, even if it was just for 50 bucks or a hundred dollars. I mean, you cannot be picky about what you do if you're trying to make it music. And so I was able to quit my job when I moved in with Reed because not that not because I did had enough money <laughs> because we both made that decision. We're like, okay, it's time for us to buckle down and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I I even get emotional thinking about this because it was such a difficult part like time in my life because I wasn't making that extra money. But because of that time, it, it made it, it was like a life or death situation. And I just, I had, it was like sink or swim. You'll make it so happen. Like, make it happen. Up. And guess what? We made it happen. So I like, I, that's what I love. That kind of yeah. reminds me of uh, when we started Cymatics, uh, I had just met my now wife and mm-hmm. I just moved to Washington. I had like 1500 bucks to my name. Yep. We were month one of Cymatics. And we made three grand the first month. Thank God. But yeah. that, that wasn't. God that. <laughs> no, no. But that was not a guarantee. That, and no. that was not a guarantee. It was <laughs> no. just like I was making shit happen no matter what. And yeah. It, and then a few yeah. months later, we were at yeah. hundred yeah. grand. Listen, I mean, it's one of those things where you, no one owes you anything, and mm-hmm. you don't owe any anyone anything. So like, you cannot expect things to just fall on your lap or for people to do things for you. You have to go out and you have to make it yeah, happen. You yourself. have to take that shit. I'll tell you what, Drew fucking would be an expert Craigslist salesman. That fucker was selling. I was yeah. selling everything. Everything yeah, on Craigslist. Like does. all his shit was just going selling. I mean, selling. we didn't have jobs at the time either. We no, had quit our jobs right. at that yeah. time, mm-hmm. and just to work on cymatics, like yeah. leading up to it, the four months before, yeah. just getting everything ready and just yeah well it takes a, i think what a lot of peace people also miss is just believing in yourself because it, if you don't believe wholeheartedly that you're gonna do something then you're not gonna do it you're not gonna take the necessary I think a lot no. of people are just too cynical <laughs> to even do that sometimes yeah. that's or, a big issue or they get yeah. caught believing in some bullshit that their parents their or some par- their mm-hmm. friends told them about the music industry or yeah. their mm-hmm. dreams or or exactly. pursuing something they say oh that's a great plan b i'm like bro if that's no. your plan b you're fucked no plan B's. Uh, yeah. Fuck plan yeah. B's. No, exactly. <laughs> what is the point Straight of a plan up. B? I really don't understand. Yeah, it. you might as well pivot if your plan A is not working. Just exactly. make small pivots to, exactly. to make adjustments. Not exactly. It's all right. not all going to be like time to go be the accountant. Yeah, no, it's, and it's not. <laughs> It'll always be, easy. be there. That job will always be <laughs> right, there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not going to be easy. But if you believe enough in yourself then you really can make anything happen people hate when i post shit about college if i, post shit, I know they get, they well get it's so because heated. they're defensive about it because yeah. they're, they're like raging because they're they're paying money and money going into to, debt for exactly. it. if i was 60 grand in debt i would be raging too so i, I understand right. your pain whoever's I watching this i understand your pain yeah <laughs> that being said you don't need to go to college to be successful in music you really don't definitely yeah. not. no <laughs> uh what are we at on time 
Time count. Oh, sweet. 46 okay, minutes. Yeah, this is going good. This is an awesome podcast. Well, That's man. cool that, that that I'm glad you guys both came down. I got two podcasts yeah, like, and, and a vocalist one. Like I, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm already thinking in my head, like, okay, sweet. She's saying all this awesome stuff for vocalists that they yeah. vibe with. Like, like cut he, those out and then target vocalists to even get exactly. people like that listening to the show. Exactly. And, stuff. and I can do, and the next thing that we do, I can do more of like actually talking about sing, the techniques yeah, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, yeah. So Wait, I have to sing something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, th- that too. Yes. <laughs> and and also we're, we are shooting an entire like vocal yeah. workshop. So you're going to see if you're a producer mm-hmm. or a vocalist. Yes. You're going to see a bunch of techniques that would be great to use in the studio. So it doesn't matter which which either or. Yes. Because even as a producer, it's your job to help direct the session and all Absolutely. that shit. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to be um, knowledgeable about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to sing? Yeah. I don't know. Should I just make up a little Why sample? Don't you, just do it? you could just do yeah. a little ad lib or something. If somebody samples yeah. this and sends it to Kara. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Or actually just, if you sample <laughs> this and put it on Instagram or something, tag yeah, her in it. Yeah, like okay, some, yeah that'd some, be great. Uh, you'd be surprised <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many people in our community will fucking... Oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's <laughs> Sample do. something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go tonight. I don't want to go. Let's do that. Somebody's going to make a fucking fucking hit with that. I don't want to go home tonight. (laughs) (laughs) See those hits, guys. Okay. That was sick. Yeah. Um, Shit, you know, I was instantly thinking in my head. Instantly, the first thing he popped up was like uh, using like one of Andrew, Andrew Chong, you know, does producers flip ones. You know, oh, so I was yeah, like, dude, that's all one for this. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, damn, we need to get like a cool video of people flipping it right there. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be cool. great. Flipping the cinematic show. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I think. Do you want to? Do you want to go into the bonus round and giveaway and all that stuff? Giveaway next? sauce. Uh, Are we gonna? What do we want to do for? For? Do you want to? I don't know if you're. You're not allowed to give away vocal packs, are you? <sighs> not on this place. <laughs> um, but I was thinking we can just give another like golden bundle or something away for holos. Or we can uh, do we can do whatever. It doesn't, or, really doesn't matter to us. We can probably pick a, a goodie out of the closet too. Whatever it doesn't really matter. Yeah, whatever you guys think. Yeah. What do you want to do? A little goodie. Uh, yeah, you might as well look for a little we goodie. Can, we can do like a little, a little yeah. mini recorder or it something. Makes sense for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Find a, little, a mini recorder. Okay, that makes sense. Starter recorder. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, care. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna make it my mission to get that little clip sampled. Yeah, do it. Like, I literally want to pay influencers like four four producers remix one sample. So yeah. we'll just get benefit because it happened to be the show. You know. Yeah, that's it. I'm yeah, down. Do we have any recorders? You want to just do like an H H one N or H one or whatever Zoom H one something like that H two. I mean, dude, we can do whatever. This part's audio only, right? Uh, no. Next part coming next up part, will be right yeah. All right. Um, we'll do it. We'll do a Zoom H two. How about that? Zoom H two. Yeah. Fuck it. We're on it. Little H2. little Zoom recorder. Those things are fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's a mini version of what I have at home. Little. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, before we do the contest, do you yeah. want to? What, what do you want the audience to walk away with? Like, where do they should they go find you? Is there anything you want to promote? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, all of my Instagram tag, like social media tags, are at I am Kara Music. So that's spelled K A R R A. Uh, you can find me on Spotify. I have tons of music up there. Going to be releasing a bunch, you know, lots of features coming out. And obviously, look out for my Serum Bank coming out on Splice December 2nd. That's coming out. So, yeah, those are the major things. Sweet. Yeah. And I guess let's move on to the contest. Let's do it. Um, best sample flip wins. No, I'm just kidding. It turns into so much work all yeah, the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're gonna go through submissions. No. Yeah, just just yeah. Uh, in the comments below, you guys probably know what to do. Just timestamp uh, slash comment your favorite spot actually in the episode. There's a lot of great stuff here. They're definitely a different. This is a way different episode. Yeah, it was awesome though. Yeah, yeah I, I hope you guys liked it and yeah. found found yeah. it valuable. Well, yeah, I think one yeah. of the purposes of this show is actually to take people and, and introduce them to different parts of the music industry that yeah. they would never do on a day to day basis if so it was important. just for them. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. So yeah, I definitely appreciate all the insights and stuff. Great. But yeah, just comment your favorite moment um in the episode you'll have a chance to win and we're gonna be announcing actually a shit ton of winners yeah we have a bunch of winners from multiple episodes it's almost like a lottery like 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 naming lottery numbers sitting on the other side of the table just sitting here waiting for steven jeff underscore 36 (laughs) you win the speakers uh and just read them people like to wait for it because it's kind of like exciting you know absolutely yeah all right and now we're going to start the audio only portion we're um, we're gonna get into a, a couple extra bonus questions. Let's do on Spotify, SoundCloud, and all that great stuff. Starting now. 
Cole, do you want to uh, talk about a little bit more about comping and some important things to do? To look out for, yeah. yeah. So comping, I feel like, is the most important part of the editing process because that's you're capturing the best takes of what the vocalist did that day. So I would... Uh, First of all, I wouldn't record too many takes. I don't think it's necessary. And just listen through each take. You can take one word from each part if you feel like you don't have a good full take. Don't be afraid to splice it up into a bunch of little pieces. And then you fade it all together. But always pick the more unique and characterized takes from the vocalist, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there uh, anything that you like to do specifically with like S's or any kind of problem syllables whatever it is yes definitely don't leave your uh, recordings raw if there's a p or a t or a t too loud um i would edit and highlight all of those and take them down manually the volume and also taking down breaths is really important it's so distracting when there's going on and i have really mm. heavy breaths so i have to do that on my voice yeah uh, definitely i think that's one thing i notice a lot of like yeah. acapellas i see online and stuff they forget yeah, to clean those up please yeah. <laughs> what, what, uh, what do you think about so like let's say a producer is getting a vocalist into the studio yeah. uh haven't really had a lot of experience with it what should the producer prepare for that session to have it go smooth yes well make sure all your equipment works uh, if you're going to a new studio i would get there early and uh, test everything out because there's nothing there's no bigger mood killer or vibe killer than having to troubleshoot while the, you're in the booth. So mm -hmm. make sure everything works smoothly, smoothly and definitely have a good vocal mix ready for them. Yeah. yeah. In the I, headphones. The, I Sorry. think that not enough people, people don't know the test shit sometimes. And I'm like, I know it's a little, it's really the most frustrating thing. And it's not anybody. It, I, I would blame you if you just didn't take the time to, you know, familiarize yourself with the studio first so yes make sure you do that you got one no i think we can wrap see, it let up me, let me peek this got, if there's one last one. saucy yeah. question we can ask um okay right now uh in a hypothetical world you are an unknown singer and yes. nobody knows who you are yes and you have your voice and let's say you have like your rent covered or you still have a job or something right mm -hmm. uh what are you doing in the next 30 days to, to build your name out there like nobody knows who you are in the music industry um well just reaching out to people for sessions. Uh, if you don't have a manager, don't have any resources, uh, honestly, just writing every single day and trying to get sessions because you're not going to get songs released unless you're writing and you have songs and you're working with people. So the most important thing is building your you know, network and working with people. And is that just email sending out your, your vocals that you kind of do? Is it like, like how does that process yeah, look like for can, outreach? You can do that. Um, for me, it was a little bit of a unique situation because I actually fronted the money to pay for my first EP so that I had work to show people. So that's definitely a first step for a lot of people to, to actually invest in that before you start reaching out to people because you can't just blindly uh, reach, reach out to producers without having something to show them. Yeah. Yeah. So you need, sometimes you need to kind of take bite the bullet and pay somebody to record songs for you first and then go out and do it. That's how I did it. Yeah. No, I yeah. think, I think that's a huge piece of advice yeah. for people. Even, yeah. I mean, look at like, look at like people spend money on random stupid right. shit like this right. for your next birthday present, ask for some Exa cash to go it, do your EP instead exactly, of. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's really important, um, investment wise to, to do that. Invest in an EP or a few songs so that you can show people. Sick. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, that's a way to end the episode. Awesome.